This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. West Virginia expects to receive about $1 billion of opioid settlement money. Leaders of one recovery organization hope to use some of that money to help their rural community recover from the crisis. Hunter Gillipsy was one of the people QRT helped to recover. Both of his parents were addicted to opioids. Now, he's a year sober. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. A Florida man was prevented from boarding a flight at Raleigh County Memorial Airport after a loaded gun was discovered in his baggage. Caroline McGregor reports. The man was stopped after a .380 caliber handgun loaded with six bullets was spotted in the checkpoint x-ray machine by TSA officers. When the gun was discovered, local police were dispatched to the airport. The man was allowed to return the gun to his vehicle, but he faces a stiff federal financial penalty for bringing a loaded weapon into the airport. Passengers are required to check with their airline for requirements for traveling with guns. They should be properly packed in checked luggage and declared at the airline check-in counter to be transported in the belly of the plane. The penalty for bringing weapons to the airport can reach as high as $15,000 and even jail time. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor. An organization that helps foster children navigate the legal system in 10 West Virginia counties needs volunteers. Emily Rice has more. Western Regional Court-Appointed Special Advocates, or CASA, helps children in 10 West Virginia counties find someone to serve as the child's voice throughout court proceedings. Program Director Kim Runyon-Wild said that no special experience is required and the organization provides training. We do not have enough advocates for every child, unfortunately. That's why we are trying to get the word out about this program. We have almost 900 children that are waiting for one of our volunteers to be assigned to them. According to Wilds, children with CASA volunteers spend less time in foster care on average and they're half as likely to re-enter the foster care system. For more information, visit wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. West Virginia online poker players will soon have an expanded playing field with the potential for bigger winnings. Randy Yowie deals out the story. West Virginia has officially joined Delaware, Michigan, Nevada, and New Jersey in a multi-state internet gaming agreement. The five-state pact allows West Virginia-based online poker players the ability to now play against players from other member jurisdictions. West Virginia Lottery Assistant Director Randy Burnside says the multi-state poker rooms will give Mountain State players more competition and bigger pots. It will greatly increase the potential pool of participants that we have that can play the game, thus it will allow our West Virginia players to play for bigger winnings. This online gaming expansion only applies to poker, not slots, blackjack, or other online gambling games. He hopes expanded online poker antes in by the first quarter of 2024. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston.
West Virginia will send a second Christmas tree to the nation's capital this year. U.S. Senator Manchin's office said a 40-foot Norway spruce from the Monongahela National Forest will be placed on the ellipse at the White House. The previous White House Christmas tree had to be replaced after developing a fungal disease. Manchin says this is the first time the National Park Service and the U.S. Forest Service have partnered to bring a tree to the ellipse. A 63-foot Norway spruce is already on the way to the west lawn of the U.S. Capitol and scheduled to arrive on Friday. It also comes from the Monongahela National Forest. That tree will be lighted after Thanksgiving with Manchin as the host. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin uh, announced last week he won't be running for re-election to the Senate. As Curtis Tate reports, he's leaving the chamber on both low and high notes. Joe Manchin says he's never seen Washington more divided. And yet, he says the most recent Congress, the one that ended in January, was a productive one. Everything that we did in the 117th Congress, which I think, that's, 20, that's uh, 2020 to 2022, and, and then really finished up in January 2023. But I think it'll go down as one of the most, uh, in history, as one of the most productive Congresses we've, that we've ever had. There was COVID relief, an infrastructure bill, the Chips and Science Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and a bill to help veterans exposed to toxic burn pits. And it was all done in a Senate divided 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans, with Manchin sometimes as the most critical vote of all. Though he was a decisive vote on some of that legislation, and could single-handedly stop some of President Joe Biden's nominees, Manchin downplayed his own influence. When you have an even split, it's kind of hard for one side to blame the other. Because there's equal. They're equally, they can equally have all the same power. No one has more power than the other person. One person can shut things down. One person can make things happen. Manchin will leave a chamber that could well flip to Republican control after next year. Democrats will have one less vote if a Republican wins Manchin's seat, and that's considered highly likely. Manchin says throughout his time in the Senate, he tried to work across the aisle. He also says his staff closed more than 100,000 constituent cases. Those include basic services like getting veterans benefits or Social Security benefits. Manchin has been hinting that he might pursue a third-party bid for president. But speaking to a group of West Virginia reporters Wednesday, he didn't make any specific commitment to run. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 750. Becoming mostly sunny today, high temperatures in the 60s and low 70s, partly cloudy tonight, lows in the 30s and low 40s. Rain likely tomorrow, tomorrow night and Saturday. Daytime highs in the 40s, 50s and 60s, overnight lows in the 30s and 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by Marshall Health, providing comprehensive primary and specialty care throughout southern West Virginia and the tri-state region. More at marshallhealth.org.
West Virginia expects to receive about $1 billion of opioid settlement money. The money can go to programs to help abate the opioid crisis. Leaders of one recovery organization hope to see some of that money to help their rural community recover from the crisis. Brianna Heaney has the story. For Kimberly Holstein, the morning starts off by comparing two charts turned in by first responders. So from this, we have to always cross-examine with different things, so we get two different reports. So where that was unconscious, then we'll go to a Narcan use report, and this comes from our EMS um, squads. So if the person was given Narcan on that call... Holstein is the lead for the Quick Response Team, or QRT, an organization with Boone County Health that follows up with people who are struggling with addiction in the community. Sometimes they will get recommendations from police officers or community members who saw signs like nodding off, or they seem to have stopped taking care of themselves, and it could be because of drugs. Then the peer support team comes in, and they have a morning meeting where Holstein tells them where and who they need to go check on. I feel like we're kind of like a middleman. We, we exist to help connect people to the type of treatment that they need. That's Barry Stowers. He is one of the team members who goes out into the field. He and the five-person team travel around the county handing out food, Narcan, hygiene supplies, and they talk to people. He's from Boone County and is in recovery himself. All things he says help him relate to the people he talks to every day. If they say that they're fine with us coming back, um, we kind of put them in the driver's seat. So we don't force them to do anything that they don't want to do, but we let them know there's options. Today, they are going to visit a man who overdosed the night before and received Narcan. That doesn't mean he backed out because the last conversation I had with him on the phone was, go ahead and take a shower and start getting ready because we're going to figure out a bed no matter what. The team heads out to talk to him. Holstein then heads to county court. She works closely with the court, advocating for and weighing in on court decisions for people QRT is trying to help. Here in Boone County, between Magistrate Moore and Magistrate Burnside has allowed us to send 59 people to treatment through through their court. Holstein is referring to Magistrate Danny Moore, and this morning she has a meeting with Moore. He says working with QRT has given him more options for rehabilitation for some of the people he sees in his courts and helped the community in doing so. And then allowing them to step in and offer help has made a tremendous turnaround. And as she said earlier, that's the reason why you see some of the numbers going down in this county. In today's meeting, they figured out a plan for one of the people in the court system who is in recovery to have charges dropped if she graduates from the rehab. And he told her that if she graduated with no issues, that he would consider um, wiping that out because it was trespassing. But she's estimated December 27th. Holstein then heads up to the sheriff's office for a meeting. He asked her to check on a woman in the community they saw when responding to a call at a house down the street. He said the woman looked like she may be in crisis, so Holstein headed down there. The woman doesn't answer, so they leave a note on her door handle. If she needs anything, she can call them. 
This effort put on by QRT is entirely grant-funded. But Holstein wants to be able to do more to help keep people off of drugs and help prevent drug use in the area through education, but needs more money to do it. One option is the billion-dollar opioid settlement money coming into the state. Boone County expects 2 to $3 million, according to the West Virginia First Settlement documents. I hate how this money came about and that so many people lost their lives um, for this money to be available. That, on the other hand, I have to look at how many lives can change because of this. Holstein says the next step for QRT is to focus on more assistance for those coming out of rehab, strengthening programs that connect them to housing and jobs and even access to mental health care. We're going to get you into sobriety so that you're out of jail and, you know, we're going to keep them in sobriety for X amount of time. But where are they going to go past that? That court case is over. What options do we have? And right now our county has none. She says she also wants to get into the schools to have a program to teach about navigating addiction in their community. Many families in Boone County have been affected by the opioid epidemic. Holstein says it's not uncommon for a child to be living in a home with a family member who is struggling with addiction. These kids have went, they have PTSD. Like they've went through addiction with their family, sometimes multiple generations of addiction. They have experienced the worst of the worst. They have seen the The West Virginia First Foundation, which is responsible for distributing the money from the opioid settlement, had its first meeting November 6. How much and where the money will go is still being decided. On the drive back to the office, a little red Volkswagen bug stopped in the middle of the street, and Holstein stopped too. Out came a tall young man, arms opened in an embrace. Hunter Gillipsy was one of the people QRT helped to recover. Both of his parents were addicted to opioids. Now, he's a year sober. Holstein says he is one of QRT's success stories. People like him are why she works so hard every day to expand the quick response team. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Boone County. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.